Welcome back to Saved by the Ball, the Motown Chronicles. My name is German, and this is episode five, our Detroit Lions discussion. Uh, today I have my co-host Money, as well as a couple of guests as well. So I'll, I'll send it around the table uh, for introductions and we'll kick this off. So Money, take it away. What's up, guys? You guys already know me. I'm back. Episode five. This is about to be a mega draft special podcast. It's going to be exciting. We're going to get into talks of just who the Lions should draft and who some people are to look out for in this draft. And I'll pass it over to Matt. Uh, what's up, guys? This is Matt. I'm returning for my second guest appearance. I'm excited. I always love being out here with you guys. Uh, yeah, ready for draft. I love I love draft season. Um, I pay attention every year, so let's let's get to it. Hey, what's up, everybody? My name is Rio. Uh, I'm here to talk Lions football with the guys, and we're also going to talk about everything the Lions shouldn't do. <laughs> as they should have been doing yeah, right. <laughs> we'll definitely get to that thanks for having me on guys yeah not a problem glad to have you thanks for joining us guys uh today is tuesday we're uh two days away uh 8 30 actually we're probably uh, actually right at 48 hours away so you know it's getting excited uh, i think we're all kind of itching to uh you know <laughs> uh portray our draft knowledge and uh kind of you know lay everything out there uh what we've been studying and whatnot so we're going to get right into this. Uh, you know, our first topic is going to be, um, you know, positions of need. Uh, what do you think the Lions need? What do you think the Lions, you know, what building blocks do they need and uh, what long-term pieces don't they have at the moment that you think they should pick up? Um, I'll start with Rio, uh, the new guy to the pod. Take it away. Uh, give me your top five positions. Um, maybe leave off certain players. We'll just do positions now and then we'll get to uh, players for the seventh pick and, and the later rounds um, later on in the podcast. Okay, so uh, starting off, we definitely need playmakers on the offensive side of the ball. So I'll start with possibly tight end receiver. Uh, one of those options at number seven early on. And then also we need to boast up our line as well, O-line. Um, and then we'd go um, also DB, definitely DB. I believe I can definitely run past our DBs at this point. And then we need to go defensive line as well. Um, a lot of guys were getting injured early on. We need definitely need backups as well. Um, yeah. So I would start there. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I agree. It's it's interesting. You let off with you know one of the most controversial ones is is tight end wide receiver. Maybe this is kind of question for the forum. What are your guys' thoughts on maybe this discussion of positional value of you know certain positions and and where you can take them in the draft? Um, you know, I got my thoughts, and um, it's probably different than what it's been, but. Uh, you know, I think uh, with the games changing and modernizing, a lot of people are starting to disregard positional value and, and where you can and can't take them in the draft. The Lions have done it a couple of times in the past couple of years. They've taken Ebron, um, which was not a good move. Even last year, they took Okuda, uh, cornerback at three. And, you know, a lot of people were saying, you know, you never want to take a quarterback cornerback that high. And it ended up being true. You know, he didn't have a good season. So just kind of want to hear your guys' thoughts on, you know, are you still risk averse um, or are you open to – you know, taking tight ends, cornerbacks, you know, are you open to disregarding positional, positional value high up in the draft? I, I personally was about to hit the pause on Rio for even saying the TE word. I'm fine with the wide receiver, but even bringing up the tight end kind of had me thinking, but that's okay. Uh, there's options out there, but go ahead, Money. Well, I'm kind of on the same boat as Rio. I think at this point, if, if you have the chance to get a generational talent, then it doesn't matter what where where you're getting drafted because at the end of the day, when you look back five years from now, and that dude's like a 
four or five time Pro Bowl or even a three time Pro Bowl, or you're not going to look at, okay, we took him in the top 10. You're going to just say we got a dog on our offense now. So it, it, it just depends. I feel like if you got a chance to get a generational talent, to which me, Pitts is, he's going to change the tight end game forever. When you're 6'6", running a 4'440", and you got the crazy bird that he has, what, what corner is going to stop him? And then he has the wingspan of a power forward. Like, what cornerback's going to stop him? At yeah. that point, and in, the NF, in the NFL, you can almost call him a receiver, too. You look at our guy, Kelvin Johnson, at his size, he was a wide receiver. So Kyle Pitts, he, he, I, I don't like putting the tight – tight end uh, title on Kyle Pitts because I, I he is a generational talent, like you said, money. But at the same time, uh, outside of him, you know, it's a long shot at that position. Yeah, and I agree with you guys. You know, uh, I'm, no one's, um, you know, doubting Pitts' talent. It's just, uh, in my opinion, those kind of players are, are luxury players or, you know, final pieces to the puzzle. You know, when you got no building blocks, you know, it's hard to make your first block a tight end when you already have a tight end or, you know, it, it's, you can say, don't call him a tight end. He's much more, but he is a tight end, you know? Um, yeah. So that's kind of where I am. And I, I, Hey, I can, I see both sides of the story, but for a team where they are right now and they're, they're not even having even started the rebuild, you know, the, this is year zero. Um, you know, I think they need building blocks and more key positions. Um, appreciate, appreciate that Rio. Let's take it to money. Uh, money, give me your top five, uh, positions of need for the Lions, um, and if you have anything different than Rio, uh, lay it on us. I think we've got a lot of similarities there. I think, I, I, I think, think we all will. I, t- t- I think there's t- probably like yeah. five or six positions that you know I think we'll all yeah. have. But um, I'm curious to see what everyone's take is. So yeah, lay it on right, us. Right, right. I, I would definitely say we need linebackers help right now. Our linebacking core is pretty weak right now. Um, we already know that Jelani Tavai was just like a reach, a slow guy that can't cover for shit. Um, we, we signed Alex at Analyzone, but not even getting into the names. We definitely need linebacker help. But I also agree at the same time, we do need offensive weapon. We don't – none of our receivers are, like, star-studded. None of them are going to – I don't I don't really see any of them being 1,000-yard season receivers right now on, on the roster. Besides Hawkinson, I, I feel like we, we really need help on the outside. So that's why I wouldn't mind the pits. Pitts take because if we do take Pitts, he can like like Matt said he can line up as a receiver too and we can run two tight end sets with him that would take care of just like the offensive threat part of the uh part of the needs but after that I would definitely say we do need another corner or two we signed a couple guys they're only on one year deals so we would need some uh for the future long run we have Amani we have Okuda uh maybe another guy in the later rounds just to just to shore up and have some depth back there and just someone to develop along with those guys. Um, definitely definitely would take another defensive tackle. I mean, we know this league, uh, this league is all about stopping the run and stopping the pass. And to start with that, you got to start in the trenches with that. So I would definitely take a defensive tackle or a D-end if, if one were available that's worth taking. We, we definitely need those. And my last position would be offensive line. Uh, we need either a right guard or a right tackle. So either or if we could hit in this draft, which I think the better one would be to be try to go for a right tackle because we do have big V and we can just bump him inside as a right guard, which he didn't do too bad last year. He wasn't the best, but he was he was ass at right tackle. So if we can bump him to right guard and just grab a right tackle, I feel like our offensive line would be beast too. So those those would be my top five positions. Yeah, I agree. And uh, we'll probably get into the O-line talk a bit later. Um, so I won't touch on that now. Actually, I'll just take it to Matt right now. Matt, do you have anything different, um, anything additional to, to Money or, or Mario? 
Uh, they they both covered all grounds. Uh, just just based off the question of five positions of need, I, I did throw a quarterback in my number five. That that's not saying anything, but I, it is a position of need for the Lions. So I did throw quarterback in my number five. Yeah. As far as everything else go, I I do agree. Offensive line needs to be built. The D line needs to be built. Linebackers. Here's the thing: the secondary is going to come, whether it be in free agency, whether it be in late draft round picks. The secondary will come, but if we can build that D line and the linebacker core, that's where we need to beef it up. And then, of course, wide receiver. Um, yeah. You guys say tight end. You know, I'm on the fence about the tight end, but we need that weapon. Whoever's there, um, and and just like corners, I think receivers can be hidden gems in later rounds too. So yeah, you just I was just be smart about to when say you that. make a pick. I was just about to say that DBs and, and wide receivers. You know, while there are some big names at the top. Uh, those skill positions you can normally find in the later rounds, even undrafted free agents. I'm not saying, you know, I'm, I'll be okay with them not taking anyone, but traditionally, you know, wide receivers are the biggest uh, bust position in the first round uh, along with DB. So, yeah, I, I understand where you're coming from. All right, Gorman, what's your top five? Yeah, so uh, we kind of covered it, but I'll kind of just uh, go through it in no, pos- in no, um, no you know, order or anything. But um, obviously, sa- first is safety. Uh, you know, this current safety room is not NFL level. Uh, you know, I do like Tracy Walker, but he's a lot to prove. Uh, Will Harris should not be on the team. He shouldn't be on an NFL roster. And, you know, the only other notable name is Dean Marlowe, um, who's mostly a special teams guy from, from Buffalo, I believe. So, um, and he's probably your best safety at the moment, which is really sad. So that's that, right? <laughs> there's uh, no building blocks at that position group. There's no long-term plans at that position group. Uh, the team also didn't bring anyone in uh, in free agency. So uh, there's really no long-term pieces here. I mean, I guess you could look at Walker, um, you know, and, and I guess there is still some uh, hope there, but um, it's pretty uh, <laughs> pretty bleak there. And unfortunately, there's no high-end talent, uh, you know, at safety this year either. So. Uh, we do need a safety. There are some good guys out there um, to talk about, but uh, if there's any, uh, you know, A-level talent yeah. there. Yeah, not not to cut you off, German. What one other thing that I want to see is like these players that had bad seasons last season. I re- I really want to give them a chance again this season, just to see if it was like a Matt Patricia effect and his scheme effect that that they were just having bad years, or if if these guys just truly yeah don't belong. Yeah. So I'm, like, because Tracy Walker, he had a he he kind of had a pretty good rookie season and then he came out a sophomore season didn't didn't do so well and uh will harris he just like you said he just looks like he doesn't even belong but again i'm I'm trying to let them be coached up and hopefully give them another shot and just hope that it was just the scheme that was being ran and th- th- these guys can actually play but no i agree with you though that yeah our talent level on this roster is pretty bad yeah and i i, I agree with you, you a little at- bit too um you know you know most guys i do want to give another chance but you know there's certain guys well, Harris, Jelani Tavai, you know, just two off the top of my head that, you know, I don't really care about and I don't want to give them their chance. So uh, it's kind of just me being stubborn, but yeah. And then just real quick, guys, you look at who we got at D coordinator now, Aaron Glenn. Aaron Glenn was a dog at corner. Yeah. Aaron was a, a fantastic cornerback. He was a dog so. as a player. He was a dog as a coach too. And Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So uh, that was actually one of my favorite, uh, you know, coaching hires was Aaron Glenn. Um, and then yeah. we'll see where he can go. He 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 coached up a lot of young pups in uh, in New Orleans and, and you know made uh, yeah. big dogs. So that's uh, exciting things there. Cool. Uh, so take uh, second position of need uh, would be linebacker. Uh, so I think money you kind of mentioned it. We pretty much swapped out Anzalone for Jared Davis, which is probably an even swap. Um, and between Anzalone and Jamie Collins, we probably have you know a decent enough you know starting group to to field a, a, a squad. But 
again, there's no long-term building blocks and, and there's nothing that will take the defense over the top. You know, normally when you see these elite defenses, you know, they have, um, you know, A-level talent at either of the three levels of the defense, you know, whether it's D-line, linebackers, or secondary. Um, you know, I can't say that about the linebackers here for sure. Um, say, I would, will say, I think we probably need more, you know, side-to-side playmakers who can also drop back in, you know, zone and, and, and coverage, but also stout against the run. So, um, you know, I'm, <laughs> I know that's covering a lot of things, but we essentially need an outside linebacker who can, you know, who has speed, who can rush, that can also play coverage. And um, that's where we are. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, third would be, like you guys said, wide receiver. Um, you know, even at their best, our current group of Tyrell Williams, Brashad Perryman, and, and Quintess Sevis, you know, they, uh, they weren't even scare, scare an SEC team, let alone an NFL, NFL team. I think Alabama's wide receiver group this past year might have been better. Unfortunately, there's no Megatron-level talents in this draft, uh, but there are guys like Jamar Chase, you know, who are – Yeah, uh, I don't know. I don't know about that. <laughs> but, uh, you know, Chase <laughs> reminds you of like an OBJ or a Devontae Adams or, or Jalen Waddell, just kind of like a Tariq Hill, um, who can really make plays. Um, the one thing is, you know, there's a lot of depth at wide receiver here, so I don't know if we want to take one in the first round. And like we kind of said, you know, there's the, the highest bust rate as a wide receiver, so that kind of scares me as well. Uh, third would be defensive tackle. Uh, really, only, the only pieces we have there are, are Pedicini and Brockers. Uh, I guess you could throw Deshaun Hand in there uh, if he wants to, you know, try to stay healthy. But I'm off that island, uh, and I don't expect much from Nick Williams or any of the other guys. So, uh, again, no long-term pieces there. I guess if you consider Pedicini a long-term piece, maybe. But um, I also don't really – I'm not really looking for nose tackles or, or one-techs. I, I want a three-tech or a five-tech, you know, someone who can rush the pass um, yeah. and, you know, make some pressure. Uh, that's right. I'm with that. And finally, I threw an offensive tackle. I'm not big on this. Uh, near, not really a big need for me. You know, we have young building blocks scattered throughout the line. We have Taylor Decker was first round pick who's making, you know, uh, more than 10 million a year now. Ragnar was a first round pick. We have Logan Stenberg, Jonah Jackson, who are third, fourth round picks relatively, I think. Uh, Vitae is making 9 million a year, regardless if you want to put him at, you know, tackle or guard. So uh, there is investment all throughout this line. Um, I just don't think we can spend another first round pick uh, and I did another seven, eight mil. I think that's what a first round pick gets into this line. You know, even if we put a stop gap or a rotating player at right guard or right tackle, we still have two, three, four building blocks on that line. I would think it's just better suited to use those assets elsewhere. Uh, you know, even out the talent pool here, uh, solidifying the O line before bringing in your QB one and playmakers is, is the right move to, to set your, set yourself up for success in the future. I think I heard Dan Olavsky talking earlier, maybe a couple of days ago, Lions in the past have had a history of bringing in these playmakers and not having them be set up to succeed. You know, Charles Rogers, Mike Williams, Roy Williams. Yeah, they were brought in. They were high receiver draft picks, but the team around them wasn't set up for them to succeed. And that's why they failed. Um, definitely see that happening again here. So um, to play the line, but, um, you know, offensive tackle wouldn't be my first uh, need, but I do understand the need and I do understand the, the, I guess, the importance of it. So I did include that there. So, Sorry for that long spiel, but I think this is a good segue into, you know, our top five prospects uh, who we'd want to see uh, at seven. So I think we can assume that Lawrence and Wilson will be gone. So uh, we'll probably be picking from the following eight. Um, Lance, Pitts, Chase, Waddle, Smith, Sewell, and Slater. Um, personally, I really think we should keep the QBs and the position <coughs> players a bit separate. If it was up to me, um, like you said, Matt, I would take... Fields or Lance and Heartbeat if they were there, but um, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll give it to you, Matt. I know you're talking about 
auditioned a bit earlier. So uh, what are your top five prospects that you would like the lines to consider at seven? So uh, well, we talked about generational talent. Uh, if, if Jamar Chase is available at seven, uh, I don't think it's a question. You go and grab him. Uh, he is that, is that is that regardless of who's on the board? Um, I think so. Yeah. Um, so I am. I'm kind of with you, German. Like how you were saying, offensive line. We do have guys there, and and I know everyone's saying Sewell and things like that, but and I do like Sewell. Um, but I I just think if Jamar Chase is there at seven, if he if he goes to seven, yes, I do think that's that would be my first choice to grab right there. And after that. Uh, who have Sewell, just because you can plug him in probably at the right tackle immediately. And if Taylor Decker's on the left and he's on the right, make a big plays. I do think Sewell is going to be a great offensive tackle one day. Um, it's just all about the development. Um, my third one is Micah Parsons out of Penn State. Um, great, great linebacker. Yep. Um, can plug any hole and run with the running back. This guy is an animal. Um, and I really do think he can make a difference on a defense. Uh, fourth is Rashawn Slater out of Northwestern. I know I just said not offensive tackle, but these are guys that that can make a difference on the offensive line. Um, you plug in one of these guys, and you almost, in my mind, like you were saying earlier, Grimman, with the guys that we have, you almost solidify your offensive line, and, and you can be done with that. But um, And then my last one is Devontae Smith out of Bama. Him and Jalen Waddle honestly go hand in hand. Um, just with Jalen's injury with Devontae, and I know Devontae got hurt too late in the year, but um, I just think his speed, his talent, uh, that separation ability, I know he's small, but he, he can be a guy that can really make a difference with Jared Goff. We know Jared, Jared Goff can sling the ball. Um, played with guys like, uh, like Devontae Smith before, the Brandon Cooks, the guys who are smaller but can, that can burn though. So. Um, I do think he's a, he's also a great option there. Uh, I almost have an identical list to you, so that's uh, that'll be funny when I go through that. Um, I agree. <laughs> um, you know, Chase would be number one for me as well. He's a straight up bona fide playmaker. You know, best combo of side speed, ability, and IQ there is at that position in the draft. So um, he's definitely my number one choice. Um, and for me, you know, Panay Sewell is is number two as well. Um, you know, I'm not big on offensive tackle. I do recognize the positional value there. Um, you know, the, the big thing with him is he's only 20 right now. You know, he can play out his rookie contract. He can get that one-year option and still be 25 for a second contract. So um, the big positives for him, you know, he, he, he's a huge punch um, at the, you know, at the line of scrimmage. Um, you know, if he hits you with his left or right arm in the shoulder, you, your momentum stops. He can run in space to the, to the second level. He can get the linebackers, the DBs. Uh, the one thing that scares me about Panay Sewell is uh, the Pac-12. Um, there is not too good. Uh, you name I can't name one pass rusher out of the out of the Pac-12 in the last three years. Um, you know, and you compare that to Rashawn Slater. Uh, you know, similar type of player, similar IQ. Uh, played at a much higher competition in the Big Ten, um, and and his blocking stats were were much better as well uh, in the Big Ten. Uh, I know he's a bit undersized compared to Sewell, but um, you know, I think it's a bit overblown. So he's still six um, four. He's still a big boy. Yeah, exactly. And I think you hit it on the, on the nail on the head with, with Waddle. You know, that's speed and explosiveness. It reminds me of like a Tyreek Hill kind of player. Um, you know, I know that's an easy comparison, but, you know, it, it is what it is. Um, yeah. But again, you know, wide receivers have the highest bus rate. So a bit scared of taking a wide receiver outside of, of um, uh, Jamar Chase. 
Um, cool. Uh, you know, I know we got the same list, so I'll kind of leave it there. Uh, I'll give it to, to Mario. Mario, uh, anything different than uh, Matt and I uh, on, on your top five prospects at seven? Uh, we'll talk about trading down a bit later. Um, we're, we're, we'll, we'll stick with uh, sticking at seven for now. Right now, I just feel like I feel like Kyle Pitts is the best player in the draft. Uh, far, um, everything that I've seen from him during last season was just it was ridiculous. Um, I feel like if, if he had more stability, he would have had better numbers. But for me, he's the best player in the draft. Uh, with um, if he's not available, I would go with uh, Michael Parsons from Penn State um, because the Lions definitely um, need to alter the linebacking core for sure. So um, uh, I'm going to stop you there. Matt mentioned Michael Parsons as well. Are you okay with taking him at seven? Would you? I know uh, you know there's a lot of talk about that. You know, we'll, we'll leave the uh, you know the the character issues and stuff. You know, we'll just talk football. But you know, he's one of my favorite players. But at seven, I'm not sure if I'd be comfortable uh, going that high. So I, I think seven, I think seven for, for him may be high, but I feel like the Lions, I feel like we make safe picks. Uh, besides Ebron, um, a lot of our picks have been safe. And I feel like the Lions just need to make a splash, just take a gamble. Um, so I definitely would take him seven if he's available and Kyle Pitts is not. Um, I think he would definitely alter what we have going on as far as our linebacking core. Um, and he can definitely shake some things up. Uh, and then next for me uh, will probably be uh, Jamar Chase. Uh, like you guys stated, Jamar, he's probably the best receiver in the draft. The things that you guys hit on, because mainly it's the same thing. But uh, after that, uh, my, my <laughs> so I, I like. Seems like you're not honestly, too big on whole like, line. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, no, because no, because we so O line is definitely a position of need. Um, but upgrading the O line, you would it, it would kind of be hit of hit or miss. Um, and at this point, the line need hits. Um, so if, if there's a, a player available that's uh, generational talent or be um, special, it wouldn't be a lineman, um, especially in this draft specifically. Um, so yeah, so O line, I would, I wouldn't take an O line at seven, not not this year. Uh, like um, Jalen Phillips out of Miami, uh, from him last season. Nice. Yeah, I like Jalen Phillips. Um, his footwork is, <laughs> footwork is crazy. Um, I definitely like his strength as well, and he went against a lot, a lot of ACC um, tackles that were solid. So I like him. And then the last guy would be, um, which is it's not common. Um, this Patrick Sartain the second. I think he might I love be that. the best, the, the best defensive back in the draft for sure. Um, I seen, I seen this guy. <laughs> I seen him lock up a, a few guys that are in this draft for sure, um, and he can tackle. Like he likes to hit, and he's a he's a corner, and he, he really likes to hit so. Um, that would be the fifth guy for me. Uh, I think Patrick Sertain should go top 15. So if Michael Parsons isn't available, um, Jamar Chase or Kyle Pitts, if we have to pick a guy, it would probably be Patrick Sertain for me. He's a, he's a big boy too. 
Standing six, six two, two over two hundred. That's a yep. big boy. I think Ran he's number four, he's, four three forty something like that. Yeah, he's probably yeah. the number one DB, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's oh, what yeah. most oh, have yeah. him pegged as the number one DB. Mm-hmm. Oh, Rio, you got an interesting list, man. I'm a, <laughs> so I agree with you on. Uh, and we talked about. I love um, it though. Yeah, I do love it. That's what I, you know, I'm trying to just formulate what I'm trying to say. Uh, we talked about um, Micah Parsons a bit. Let's go to Jalen Phillips. You know, that's an interesting player. You know, some say he could be the best. Yeah, uh, Miami. Yeah, yeah. Some say he could be the you know the best edge you know, there is in the class. You know, I think he had some severe severe health issues. I think he actually went to UCLA yeah, first. He retired. Yeah, he retired actually. Yeah, and then he, I yeah, think UCLA yeah. wouldn't let him, wouldn't let him finish his career or something. They said he was too injury prone, so he transferred and uh, he actually yep. killed it in Miami. So, good pick. You know, the, mm-hmm. the one thing there, you know, definitely first round talent. Definitely has the, the side and speed uh, and high energy to and that bend to get to the quarterback. Just that injury stuff um, that yeah, scares me off. Definitely a worker. Like yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, Patrick Sertain. Uh, I'll let Money talk about that. I know he loves him so. We'll kind of uh, merge this with money. Uh, money, let me get your top five uh, at seven. And uh, I know you're a Patrick Sertain fanboy, so let me hear some of that too. Yeah, yeah. I love Patrick Sertain. One, he has NFL heritage. That's usually always a good sign. If their dad's played, they, they've already come with the knowledge. They've come with uh, the readiness, the preparedness for the NFL. And this guy has it. Like Mario said, if you just watch his games – the ways that he he like just locked up dudes was was crazy. Like one, he has a side. His hip movement is great, so this guy can go in and out with, uh, like the stop of a dime. And that that's like the biggest things that uh one of the biggest things to have as a corner is your, your hip movement. This guy has it all, and he has the speed and the size to cover any receiver in the league right now. So, what, what more would you want out of that? And just the fact to have elite secondary, I'm just saying, and potential of Akuda and Amani turning out great. That that'd be an awesome secondary of Amani, Akuda, and Sertain. <clears throat> We'd be able to lock out, lock down any receiver for years to come, uh, in my opinion. And and granted, that's like saying if all of them were to live up to their potential. But my top five. I'm glad we did this list today because my top five has changed so much in the last five days. Oh my god! So. <laughs> My my number one right now, um, I might surprise you guys all, but if Trey Lance is there, he better be our pick. That's all I got to say. If Trey Lance is there, he better be our guy. My guy. I'm going to ask you the same question I asked Rio. Is this regardless of who's there? Regardless of who's there, if Trey Lance drops to seven, you take him. Like, I, I, I just don't – I'm not big on next year's QB. I know everyone's saying we got two first-rounders next year. I'm not too big on Sam Howell. I don't really see much out of him that everyone else sees. Like, I get it. He's a good quarterback and everything like that. But he has nowhere near the athleticism and the arm that Trey Lance has. And if you can have Trey Lance at seven this year, then fuck it. Then rebuild the rest of the team around those future first-round picks that we have the next two years. We have two – we already know that this year's we're not ready to compete yet. We're not going to be competing anytime soon. So who cares if we take Trey Lance this year? Let him sit behind golf. Next year, uh, we got two first-rounders. The year after that, we got two first-rounders. We can take care of a lot of needs in those couple of drafts. Um, we're going to have some compensor- those compensatory picks next year, too. So we have a lot of draft coming our way. I-, I just feel if Trey Lance is there, you make him the pick. You can't be – everyone keeps talking about his IQ, too. This guy's IQ is off the chart. IQ is off the chart. That's all you keep hearing, too. His athleticism's amazing. He has arm talent, like – what more could you ask for in a quarterback in today's day and age where you want a mobile quarterback that's accurate, that has an arm? 
I mean, everyone just looking for the next Mahomes, if you look at it in the draft. Everyone's just saying, let's find the next Mahomes. Let's find the next Mahomes. This guy has the potential to be that. So that's why I think if he's there at seven, regardless of who's there, make him the pick. Well, yeah, let me stop you there. Let's open this up to the other guys because that was actually our next topic. Uh, take a QB, um, or do you want the Lions to take a QB? Uh, and I'll let you finish your list after this. But um, That's cool. Uh, Matt, I, actually, I know you said you wanted a QB. Um, is this irregardless of who's there? And who would your you know, top pick be? Um, I'm, personally, I'm a Zach Wilson guy. Uh, he's definitely not going to be there, though. <laughs> but yeah, no. Guy. Yeah. So I hear you, too. Uh, I was actually just telling money about this today. I think Zach Wilson's going to go out to New York and shine those bright lights. It's going to be a different atmosphere out there. I really do think so. Yeah, but, he's a, um, to me, he's a better Baker Mayfield. And uh, people, yeah, yeah. You know, people laugh, and no, Baker Mayfield's nothing. But, I mean, it's real deal. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I'm not mad. Uh, seven spot, Trey Lance is probably the only guy I would grab. Uh, if Mac Jones and Justin Fields are both there, I, I don't think I'm touching them this year. Because I don't think that quarterback is an absolute must in this draft, um, but I I do like Trey Lance, and I and I can honestly say, if he's there at seven in Detroit, I know this is future in in the future conversation, but if they don't trade that pick and Detroit stays there at seven, and they were to grab Trey Lance, I I could not be mad at that whatsoever. I could not. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Uh, I think I kind of mentioned this earlier, but. You know, if the Lions want a quarterback and they like a quarterback, they should they should take their quarterback, you know. And even if it's the, you know, fourth quarterback off the board, it doesn't mean he's the third or fourth best quarterback, right? If they like a guy, they got to go take him. Um, okay, where Mahomes and Deshaun Watson went in their drafts, they weren't the number one picks or, the, or even the second quarterbacks taken, but absolutely. they turned out I'm definitely open to taking a quarterback, although I do like Fields better than Lance. You know, we've been hearing about Fields for since high school. You know, we went to Georgia, he went to Ohio State, and he really hasn't disappointed anywhere he's gone. So I don't understand why now, you know, he's lived up to all the expectations. Now, you know, just because he's being overanalyzed, he's kind of dropping. And he has all this tape dating back to high school. He has all this tape at Georgia. He has all this tape at um, – Trey Lance doesn't have any tape. So, uh, I'm kind of, you know, um, I think it's kind of over, death by overanalysis. But, um, hey, who knows? So I'll kind of throw this to Rio too. Rio, I know you didn't put any quarterbacks in your in your uh, seven. Uh, are you open to taking a quarterback, or or would you want to wait uh, until next year or until we have more pieces to surround him to be more successful? The only way we should get a quarterback is if we can trade back in to the first round, and that mean that would mean the the back half. So uh, I would say twenty to thirty two, something in that range. Um, but Trey Lance would probably be the guy. So would you be willing to – so I, we, got I, two, we got two first-round picks next year and two first-round picks the year after that. Would you be willing to leverage one of those to kind of move back in if, if you're, one of your guys is there, say say if Sertain's there at 20, 25, uh, you'd trade back in? Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't think there's a another – so the next few years, I don't believe there would be um, better quarterbacks than Trey Lance that comes in. And that would be quite the haul, so man. I would I'm definitely not use one of those. Yeah, yeah, a first round that would well, would net you uh, Trey Lance or, or Fields or whatever quarterback you want, and Patrick Sertain. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'll I'll gladly give up a future first round pick for that. Absolutely. Yeah, isn't it nice to finally have some leverage, guys? Have some future picks right. we can play around yeah. with. Yeah, between, <laughs> between the Pistons yeah. and, and the Lions, I I don't know what it feels like to have two first round picks, and uh, now we got, <laughs> ooh, got we got we had the Pistons at three this year, and the Lions have yeah, uh, five the Pistons, in the next yeah. two years, three years. Yeah. Yeah, it's wild. 
I said, if we if we could move back in and take a haul like that, man, that, that'd be an exciting future. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, money. If you look at it, Minnesota does it like every other year. They're always picking someone and then trading back into the first and grabbing someone. Like Dalvin Cook, they came back and grabbed. There was another dude that came back and grabbed. I mean, the other teams are always coming back in. And I mean, <laughs> Packers traded up for Jordan Love. That hasn't worked out, but yeah. I feel like teams do it all the time. <laughs> Yeah, and Rio, I love look, man. I think I think we all love Kyle Pitts, but I, I think I don't know. I think I can speak for all of us. He will not be there at seven. That that man's gonna get grabbed. I don't think he will. Yeah. He won't yeah, be there. Yeah. Yep. He, I think he's gonna be in ATL. All right, but number two, I would take Kyle Pitts. Like I said, I'm I'm really hyped about this guy. I don't care what no one tells me. I don't care if they're worried about oh, we already took two tight ends in the top ten before and whatnot and that's not ideal to grab two tight ends bill belichick grabbed two in one year before i mean i know they weren't in the first round but he grabbed two in one year before and that worked out great for that team for years to come uh if we could have a combo of pitts and hawkinson god damn that would be night like nightmare hell for the uh for dbs out there you got one six six guy running routes all over you, you got other guys six five running routes all over you like if one's covered who's going to stop the other and and at that point like you guys have already been saying in my opinion, wide receivers are a diamond dozen. We, we could go in the third and grab a wide receiver to plug in with Pitts or, or or wherever else, even later in the rounds, like you guys have been saying. That, that's why I believe like Pitts, he he's a he's a once in a lifetime type of talent that's coming out. I I, I can't repeat it enough. Six six, uh, four four forty. You you don't see people at six six running four fours. That that's faster than some corners ran this year. That's faster than corners have ran in the past. That's again. That's, that's Calvin Johnson level right there. So if you yeah, Ron, that's 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 what it is. Exactly, and he he has the vert there too. So and then the wingspan of a power four. I love that fact. Put him in the red zone. Who's gonna stop him? If you even if you put a linebacker on him, he's gonna lose the linebacker, catch the ball. If you put a corner on him, he's just gonna out jump him. At that point, you're gonna have to. He's going to start getting that Calvin Johnson treatment, too, where they're putting two DBs just to stop him. And that that's what I'm saying. I don't think you can pass up on a talent like that. I get we have defensive needs, but once you get an offensive threat like that, it, it's just going to be it's going to be hard to stop. And that's all that teams – if you look at it nowadays, mostly teams are loading up their offense. If you look at Bucks, their offense is loaded. KC, their offensive, uh, offense is loaded. Dallas Cowboys, they spent so many picks on just offense alone. Like, I feel like teams have come to the realization that, yeah, I get a defense wins you championships, but you need to have a good offense to compete nowadays. And Kyle Pitts would definitely help any quarterback, any quarterback develop. Even if it's Jared Goff having his worst year, you could just throw it up to the guy and he'll get you some yards. Can I ask you guys a question, though, real quick? Yeah. Just real quick. I just, I just want your opinion on this. Yeah, no, so, that's cool. So, so just for example, we saw, we see where Travis Travis Kelsey is, and and Kyle Pitts is almost that, but but with more speed, right? You know what I mean? So right. we we saw what Levante David did to Travis Kelsey in the Super Bowl. Do you think that's going to become the new norm, though? Some of these linebackers with speed that are going to be chasing down some of these tight ends, though. The t- that's just where my concern is with the tight end position. It's yeah, you get you get two or three dominant guys, but the rest of the league's kind of just mediocre. Right. And, and and that's the thing. If we if we compare Hawk and Pitts together, I, I get Levante David did do a good job against um 
Kelsey, but if you look back at it, Kelsey still had his yardage. He still did he still did damage in that game. He was still getting open. It was just the fact that he was like one of the only ones getting open or one of the only ones getting open fast enough for Mahomes to have time to throw to him. But if you look at it, Levante, uh, Kelsey, I think Kelsey ran like a 4-6 or something like that. This guy's running a 4-4, four, four, so he, yeah, yeah, Kelsey yeah. was no, much Kyle's slower. Speed for sure. yeah, yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Kyle, mm-hmm. Kyle's got the speed, and they're already saying that he, he – his route running is really good. If he polishes up his route running with his speed, th- this dude's gonna be getting open all the damn time. Like it's it's gonna be it's good it's gonna be scary out there for de- uh, defenses oh, with him. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, you it's, saw it this year in college game for sure. Yeah, and in, in college nobody could stop. Like literally nobody could stop. And some of the DBs that are coming out in this draft tried to stop him and they couldn't. So listen, this is gonna come off as um, maybe a uh, I'm sliding Travis Kelsey, but this is kind of I'm just asking. How do we know that Kelsey is not a product of his environment? You know, he's got Tyreek Hill. He's got all these speed guys around him. You know, these guys can burn anybody. They got to double team these receivers. They got to double team these running backs. Obviously, the middle is going to be open for him, right? Um, I, I, don't, I just don't think that's, you know, that kind of uh, game is transferable to Detroit right now at this minute. There's just no playmakers. Um, um, I disagree because Kelsey – even before he had stars around him, I mean, you, you don't put up three 1,000-yard seasons together. Just, you know, once once defenses figure you out, they, they usually start slowing you down, and there's been no slowing Kelsey down. He did this for a couple of years with Alex Smith too, right? Yeah, that's not yeah. happening. Yeah. yeah, that's what I'm saying. This has been going on for too long to call it just like a gimmick. Like, I, I get it if, it if Kelsey had like one or two good years, maybe off with Patrick Mahomes, then we can say like, oh, is it really Kelsey? But he's been doing this for five, six years now. So Kelsey's and, a guy that more so uses his body too, to where Pitts is just going to burn you. He's right, going to create that separation. Right, exactly what it is. Yep, Kelsey has Kelsey definitely has in-game speed, and I feel like that's what changes, you know, the defense because Kelsey gets there, and by the time he gets off of his basically the block, he's open because guys are looking around and things of that nature. And so it's really it's it's kind of like he's a product of his environment, but I feel like he's definitely, you know, a, a top tight end, right? You know, like on, on third of all time, just because of you know him getting open and his ability to be when Mahomes throws the ball. If you ever notice, most of the time Kelsey is literally wide open, right? <laughs> like he's literally right. wide open and he's trucking down the field. So I feel like yeah. most of the time that's just his power, and then. The, in-game speed. Yeah. yeah. And, and, like, I was going to allude to one more thing. If you look at it, on third downs, everyone knows that Mahomes going to Kelsey. Everyone in the world knows that Mahomes going to Kelsey. Yeah. And he'll still get the – yeah, he'll exactly. still get the ball and he'll still convert the, convert <laughs> yep. the first down. So, that, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's the, that's the type of potential that Pitts has plus more. Pitts has big play ability. Like, he could, he could turn a 10-yard route into probably, like, a 50-yard gain after the time he's done running the ball, too. So that, that's what I'm saying with Pitts. You just have breakaway ability with him. You have once-in-a-generation type talent. Like, we always have tight ends that come out in drafts that are six, 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 seven, and they just don't pan out because they can't put it all together. This guy has put it all together, and he has the speed to back it up too, the hands to back it up, the vert to back it up. So it's like this guy has figured it out. He's put it all together. Most of the time when you're this big that you, you don't have you, you don't you lose something, you know what I'm saying? Like when, when you're this big, you're either missing the speed or you're or you're missing something. The, like like with Gronk, he was just sheer power. He didn't have the speed, he didn't have great route running, he just had sheer power and would always get open. But this guy this guy is basically as tall as Gronk, but has everything put together with it. 
get back to kind of the lines and what they're doing. You know, if you look at the, the wide receivers they're bringing in, uh, they would really mesh well with with Hawk and and Pitts as well. Um, they're both big guys uh, with a lot of strength, but they also have four four forties, you know, around that. So uh, I think they're really prioritizing speed and size. Um, you know, both Perryman and Tyrell Williams can both play the X on the outside. They could also shift in, play the big receiver uh, inside as well. Um, and and I think they're looking for that kind of versatility, size, and speed. And uh, I think Pitts does fit that as well. Uh, just not where I would go. But yeah, it was. Uh, I do agree. He's one of the top talents in the draft. It's just you know, there's so many holes. Sorry to get off topic. Go ahead, Manny. Number three, my bad no, brother. Yeah, go ahead. No, no, you guys are good. I like <laughs> I like it when we when we get more in depth with the that that's better for the for the pod. Um, my number three would be Penai Sewell. I love that. I love that kid. Uh, I think he's going to be a great left tackle. I think he's a plug and play guy right away. Like someone said on the pod before, you could plug him in at right tackle right away. Uh, he'd make a difference for the O line. Uh, you know what's funny to me? This is like one of the times. Us as Lions fans, ever since we were kids, what what is one thing we've always complained about? The O line. Uh, yeah. That, that's what I'm saying. We've always complained Sacks about the up, our quarterbacks yeah. getting hurt, everyone getting hit. Yeah, and, and this is yeah, what's man. funny. This yeah, is yeah, what's yeah. funny to There's me now. So uh, it's funny you time out. It's funny you answer that. You ask that question because I could. <laughs> I, I have a long list of things <laughs> I could have said. <laughs> yeah. No, no, but I, I remember as as kids growing up watching the lines. The biggest thing was we never had old line. We've never had an old line. I mean, yep. even even in Bob Quinn's year, yeah, he's made a decent old line, but that right right side is trash. And it's just funny to me now. Now we have a, a chance to secure the whole line, and everyone's like, let's not go with that pick. And it's just funny to me. It's like we finally have the chance to build a top 10 old line, and everyone's like, no, fuck that. Go somewhere. Go, go a different solidified, route. Solidified. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's like we got the one time to solidify this old line. Like, why not? What would be the problem in doing it? It makes our run game better. It makes Swift better. It makes golf better right away if you just plug in Suella at that right tackle position. So that, that's why he would be my number three. My I number. You, I will give you this. Uh, Goff has always succeeded when he has protection. Uh, if you look at the two like great seasons he's had, he had good protection, and he essentially crumbles when he doesn't have protection at all. So, right. I um, mean, yeah. I mean, any quarterback crumbles. Look at Pat Mahomes in the Super Bowl. <laughs> he was yeah. running for his life out there, and, and that's all that matters. Once you get into the playoffs, the game essentially comes down to your O line versus the other team's D line, and your D line versus their O line. Literally, that's what the game comes down to as soon as playoffs start. Whose O-line is better than whose and whose D-line is better than whose. Right. Um, it, we all know at the end of the day, Tom Brady's not a better quarterback than uh, Pat Mahomes. Yeah, he's smarter. Yeah, he's won Super Bowls, but talent-wise, Mahomes has it. But who had the better protection? It was Brady, so th- that's what happens. It's whoever has the better protection wins. And that, let's not forget, fellas, 17 games this year. That's, that's a long season. Yeah, right. That too. That having, is having players that can come in and out to stay healthy. Yep, having players that can come in and out, rotate, keep players fresh. You know, that's going to be. Um... And, and, and that's another reason why I want Penai Suell. Decker's had an injury history the past uh, last year. He did fairly good, but the the two years before that, he he missed so many games. So it's like if you if you plug in Penai Suell at the right tackle, if Decker ever misses a game, at least you have a guy that's can solidify their left tackle spot too while he's out. That's true. Um. My number four, my number four would be Micah Parsons. Uh, I will admit this about Micah Parsons. I think because of – Time out. I'm going to stop you right there. Huh? We've been 
texting for a couple of weeks. It, you've been making it sound like you're a Mega Parsons hater. So I'm kind of surprised. That's what I'm, about to- I'm kind of surprised <laughs> you made it into your top five. That, that's what I'm about to say right here. You didn't even let me finish. <laughs> Shit. Uh, I was but, just so but, shocked. I was just so shocked. But with Micah Parsons, I, I was just going to say, with Micah Parsons, I don't know, the whole Gerard Davis thing scares me with them. They both have very a lot of similarities. They both kept, they both had, like, that athleticism. Um, they both are raw in coverage. Uh, they both Parsons can make – played in the Big Ten. Yeah, that is true. That's true. But Florida linebackers are usually good too. But I, one thing about Penn State is they always produce linebackers. So that, that is one thing I can give Penn State. I, I think Sean Lees came out of there. Uh, the dude that's playing for the Cowboys right now, Lander Van Der Esch, I think he's out of Penn State. So they, they do produce uh, linebackers. I, I will give them that. But I'm just not I'm, not – I'm not huge on Parsons. But I guess if he's there and the other guys are gone, then I won't mind the pick if, if all these other guys are gone. Um I do like that he. I think he ran a four three nine forty or something like that. So he has the size and the speed. It's just I hope he can put it all together because we we've seen guys before that has the size and speed but that can't put it all together. I, I think I think better than middle linebacker. I think he's more suited for outside linebacker in my opinion. Yeah, because he can line up on a uh, running back. Believe it or not. I also I think he's more suited for the outside linebacker position because of his size and speed. It, it, I think I think he can be like a Von Miller type, like somebody that just rushes the quarterback every play and gets all these sacks. I, I think he can be that guy. Um, that's just well, he definitely get there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The only thing it, is we don't have a defensive end that he can uh, hip to hip against and get that burst. We got we do we got Okawara. Okawara produced last year. If you put him on the same size of Okawara, that that that'd be that'd be havoc. Yeah, that's right. And then we 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 also got Julian too, who's kind of we haven't seen anything from him. So and that's what I'm saying. We have Julian too that that's coming back, and I feel like Julian's also more more like an outside linebacker too. That's how Notre Dame kind of used him. They had him in the ground, hand in the ground sometimes too. I'm excited to watch both those brothers together. Honestly, right, right, and then that's why. I will admit, like just like Gurman said, I've been texting him. I, I'm not, I'm not sold on Par- Parsons yet. But if he's the pick at seven, I would rather have him at fifteen or something like that. Trade back with the Patriots, try to grab him at fifteen, play it, play it a little safer. But at seven, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind him just because there's not much defensive talent in the top fifteen in the, of this draft. So you only have your choices of either Parsons, I think, Sertain, and. I, there's not even no defensive tackle that's worth taking in the top 15 this year, yeah. they're saying. No, there so no. so if you talk about defensive talent, there's only really two guys that it's either going to take Parsons or you're going to pick Sertain. So I'll, if I'll give it you has, a name. Who? Well, is he on the inside? Uh, Christian Barmore, the dude who killed yep. it in the national yep. championship. Yep. 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 Yeah, but they're, they're saying yep. – Yeah, they're, late, they're late say, first round, though. Yeah, they're calling him yeah. a late first rounder now. I'm just saying he's got that – you know, he's got that niche, but yeah. Right, right. But I'm saying I, I don't know if they, he'll be – Worth taking in the top seven. Top seven, right, I'm saying right. it's probably only Parsons and Sertain that has that value of taking there just because right. of the, their crazy 40s and just athleticism and size. Uh, Barmore, I do like, though. I do like him. If we could trade back into the first or if hopefully he falls into our second pick, that'd be sweet. Um, with my fifth guy. Oh, sure. Uh, Parsons at fifth. I forgot. I didn't even add my boy Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase would be fourth for me. Okay. Yeah, Parsons would be five. He'd be last, last resort. I feel Jamar Chase is, I hate to say it, don't judge me, but Ma, almost Moss-like. I see more like his speed, day. his size. 
Yeah, I see more. Um, he's a bit smaller. He doesn't have the elite size. I don't think he's what five uh, eleven. Six foot. He's six oh, foot. Six yeah. 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 Oh, okay. Okay. So I, I see more of like a Jarvis Landry, OBJ kind of guy. Um, which is okay. Take it. Yeah. yeah. I, I I see I see a faster OBJ, and that that's scary. And if you look at his last year at LSU, he he was burning every single corner. Trevon Diggs is in the NFL right now. Killed him. Just. Absolutely yeah. murdered Turban Diggs. <laughs> he was just running circles. Like these corners are in the yeah, NFL right now. Bad. He was running circles. Yeah, he was running circles around these dudes. Like he would be. I've never. Okay, I'll say this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and, and that's what I was gonna say. The funny thing is, I've always seen like elite r- receiver prospects come out. You know, they're they're amazing talent. I've never seen a guy beating people, uh, beating corners by ten yards catching the ball consistently this guy every time he was catching the ball he was 10 yards beating beating the corner by 10 yards every time i'm just like what the fuck like, and, yeah uh, oh yeah yeah that's true that's true i don't know man have you seen Devonte smith that guy dude that guy Devontae can fly the, the only thing yeah. the, the only thing about oh, Devonte smith is saying. like Size. i i know i've yeah small, i know everyone guy, small guy. <laughs> yeah small, exactly like I, I, I don't is mind Devonte smith no, he's he's actually a big boy. He's like six one, six. Yeah. No, he's like six one two something. I, I can't remember the exact weight, but I'm yeah, Devonte. Sure, I'm pretty sure I'm bigger and taller than Devonte Smith. And, and, and that's the yeah, thing. Yeah. And, and don't get me wrong. In today's today's NFL, where where they've taken blindside hits and defensive receiver, like all these rules, I feel like he can succeed in today's NFL. Like, don't get me wrong, but still, he he'd still be an injury concern for me every day he goes out there. I'd be like, damn, like six one one sixty. Rule changes and stuff. You can't really crack in the chest anymore you got to let these guys catch it and that you know well that's what i was yeah, just saying i'm that's what i was just saying with able, the you know you still want to be able to break through press coverage you know if you get jammed to the line you want to be able to you know take that and, and get past it stuff like that you know so yeah. i, I can't see where size does come into play i, I also see where Devonte smith you know the, the main thing is being jammed at the line he has the quickness and agility to uh you know turn his body shed that and and you know beat the man at the line of scrimmage so yeah, um, yeah. He's and, small, but I don't know if he can do it at the NFL level. I guess. That's yeah, right. and Jamar Chase's route running w- was just amazing. Like I, I get Devonta Smith yeah. has route running too, but Jamar <laughs> yeah. Chase's was on a next level. That that yeah, show was crazy. So yeah, I think I yeah. think you know some of the other guys may do some stuff better than Chase, but I think the fact that Chase checks every single box, um, you know, that's what makes him number one. Yeah, and 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 I trust OBJ. I get OBJ. Everyone has like the stigma of him being this bad person, but OBJ talked Jamar Chase up so much. Like he he was hyping up his route running. He was hyping up everything about the dude, and that's why Justin Jefferson was there too. And he talked good things about Justin Jefferson too. But he was hyping up Jamar Chase a lot, and that's why I'm also sold on this guy. Like I don't care that OBJ has this bad stigma. I I really think Jamar Chase is going to be that dude. Yeah, I think we can all agree on that. And, yeah. you know, that really just – it's going to come down to what Cincinnati does at uh, five. Uh, are they going to take O-line yeah. or are they going to take receiver? Hey, I have a question for you guys. Uh, besides, uh, besides Gurman, everyone in, in here is a huge Michigan fan. I'm sorry for Gurman that he has to support State. But, anyways, what do you guys feel about Cody Pay? Cody Pay is for, definitely uh, solid. Cody Pay is a dog, bro. Cody Pay just not, not for Detroit. I don't want Quiddy Pay to come here. No offense. I mm-hmm. want Quiddy Pay to go somewhere and shine. Denver, you don't think he can shine uh, in Detroit? Dallas. I, I, I think, do. I just I think, don't want it to go wrong. 
I think Edge I think itself Dallas might be a great fit, actually. Dallas would be good <laughs> for yeah. him. Yeah, Dallas that would be, great. be interesting. Yeah, he's a better Taco Charlton. I mean, if you want to call him that, I mean, that for sure. Oh, he's yeah, no, he's. Hey, ta- and the thing is, Taco Taco just went to the wrong place, man. Taco was a beast at Michigan, and he got sacks too uh, with the Cowboys in the preseason. Then I don't know, he just fell off. But I feel like he went to the wrong more place. Ability than what they did with him. Taco can do yeah, that. brush off the edge every single time. That's what I'm saying. They didn't, they didn't and, use Taco right. All right, boys, I'm gonna I'm gonna reel this in. This has gone off the rails. <laughs> um, <laughs> but but again though, Quiddy Pay. The, my my thing with Quiddy Pay. That the only reason I asked that is because a lot of people had him as the top DN in the draft, and they still do actually. A lot of box that I've seen, they have him as a top DN rated. I'm just surprised that none of them us even mentioned him as a potential pick at seven. Which I get oh, why. Going, I get why. I, I, th- I think Edge itself is not a big need. Sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. For sure. Right. But right, I think for right. the lines themselves, I just think Edge. Uh, is not a top need, at least not at, in the first round. And, and I'm in, I'm in complete agreement with you guys. I just wanted it to be out there, so that's why people knew that why none of us are mentioning his name as the while he's rated the top D end. Well, just so everyone knows, Quiddy pays a dog. Right. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> All right. Um. So this is we'll take this into our kind of our last segment here. Uh, we were gonna do, you know, give me um, you know, sleepers and give me, give me second round picks and then sleepers. Um. Instead, I, I'm just going to ask everybody, give me five names, uh, maybe a couple second, third round guys and, you know, a couple late round guys of, of who you like uh, and why you like them, uh, our audience, and, and you know, let them know who's out there. So also give us, a, you know, some opportunity to flex our, our draft knowledge. So uh, I'll start with you, Money. I don't think I've started a second with you yet. So give me your, uh, you know, five guys, you know, the rounds two through seven, who you'd like to see here and, you know, how they'd fit and why you'd like them. All right. So if we weren't able to find offensive tackle in the first round, in the second round, the names I'd be looking for is Jalen Mayfield. If he makes it into the second, a lot of people think he's going to be gone in the late first now. If he makes it to the second, he's another Michigan man, an awesome right tackle, and he's a natural right tackle. So I wouldn't mind him taking him in the second round. Another offensive tackle, Dylan Redunce from the North Dakota State. He's another right tackle with great size and everything. Um, that's another potential second round pick that I would take. Another reason I wasn't high on Parsons is just because of the linebacker talent and it's draft all over the place. A lot of guys that we could find from rounds two to three are some names like Jabril Cox from LSU. He's a dog middle linebacker with a huge size too. He's a six, four middle linebacker. He can cover. He's actually rated good for his pass coverage. Um, Cameron McGrone out of Michigan. I know Matt and Rio know all about Cameron McGrone. I would take him and uh, yeah, I would definitely take him in the third or fourth if he's there. Uh, another linebacker and actually from a school that I don't even care for from Ohio State is uh, Browning, uh, Baron Browning. I wouldn't mind him either. Mm. He has speed and size. Um, Ohio State has actually produced a lot of linebackers in the last three or four years. So that's another reason I wouldn't mind taking a flyer on him. There's Nick Bolton, linebacker. Um, Chas Surratt, outside linebacker from North, uh, North Carolina. These are some guys that will be there from rounds two to three. A corner that I'd off on is Paulson Ebedo from Stanford. He's 6'1". He can cover. Uh, a lot of people, I guess I guess speed is his biggest thing, but it's not like he ran a slow 40 or anything but like that. And the kind of like, like Gurman mentioned earlier, that Pac-12 doesn't have much competition, but – I, that's a guy that you can take a flyer on in rounds three or four if, if he's there. 
And a safety that I'm really, really liking is Javon Holland. And I think he'll be there in the second. I really do. And if we can grab Javon Holland in the second, I would love that. He has speed and he has size. He can make tackles. He can cover. He's kind of – they compare him to um, Derwin from the Chargers. So if we can get a safety like that in the second, I'd be happy. And a defensive tackle that's falling in stocks but actually had a great uh, junior year is – Twyman from Pittsburgh, I believe. He didn't, I think he sat out last year, uh, but his junior year was great. And he's the type of defensive tackle that German, you were looking for earlier. He's the one, he's a pass rushing DT and that can get to the quarterback. And and the only reason he's fallen is because mainly because he sat out last year. And if we can grab him in the second or third, I, I would love that pick too. Yeah. You listed some uh, good guys. You know, I think Javon Holland, uh, I think he probably doesn't make it outside of the second round. Uh, he's from Oregon, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah. he's got that yeah, uh, he's size. Great. He's got yeah, he's got that size speed. I think he's more of like a center fielder, but he can also yeah. kind of um, you know he's still kind oh. of a hog too. So yeah. Uh, and let, let, let me list one more. I totally forgot about this dude. I just now saw him. I, I I've been high on this guy too, and I can't believe I forgot him. Dylan Moses. He suffered an ACL in 2019. Yep. Came back. Didn't he? You could tell he was still yep. recovering from his injury. But this dude can cover. He's a thumper. Oh my goodness. Yeah, and now they're saying that he's falling into the third round. If you can, if you can get Dylan Moses in the third round, this guy was rated higher than Micah Parsons before Micah Parsons became Parsons. So it's like, if this guy wouldn't have had that ACL injury, he probably would have definitely been a top 15 pick in this year's draft. Yeah, I'm, it was just I'm, I'm, I'm gonna stop you there. Okay, Dylan Moses. Um, where do you want to take him? Where's he from, and what position does he play? Dylan Moses, inside linebacker from Alabama. Uh, he'll probably fall into round three, and if we can take him at round three, that'd be fucking amazing. Like th- this dude has everything. He has the size. He has the speed. Um, like I said, the only reason he fell is because in 2019 he tore his ACL, and in 2020 he, you could tell that he was still recovering from his injury, didn't play as well as he did uh, in his uh, 2018 season and 2019 season before he hurt his ACL. But that's everyone. Everyone that recovers from their ACL, they, they usually have like that off year, their recovery year that where they're just learning the game again and getting back to game speed. So if we can get him in the third round, I would love that then. We'd be so sad at linebackers. Yeah, I, I agree. You know, he's a good player. Definitely, I'll take any SEC talent I can get. I guess real quick, yeah, I want to I, I want to ask you guys this. You know, not too long, but are you how open are you guys to take injury prone guys? Because that was Martin Mayhew's thing, right? He took injury prone guys and it just so, did not pan out. So I'll give German, it to you. That's so yeah. funny you said that. Oh my gosh, there's like three guys on my list right here for these next five that that are coming off injuries off this past year. <laughs> But they're but they're good football players though. It's crazy. I hate to do it, but they're good football players. Yeah, I mean we. That's the thing though. We've seen it, right? Ryan Broyles. Uh, he he owned. I think he still has the the record for most yards in college. Uh, I think yeah. he's you know he's he's not doing much now. Yeah, Mikel Lashore. You know he he had a beast career in the Big Ten. He's not doing much now. So we see these guys who come in injured. Uh, you know nothing against them. You know it's the team's fault. You know for putting so much stock in them and. Uh, they don't pan out. Maybe I'm just a, a hurt Lions fan who's living in the past. I don't know, but that's kind of where I stand on, on, on drafting injured guys. Rio, you have a take on this? Honestly, I'm not a fan of drafting injured guys. Uh, I like. I'm a fan of fresh legs. Uh, an ankle injury, a, a little sprain, or you know, thing, things of that nature. Just slight injuries, it's fine. But like, 
multiple ACL tears and things of that nature is just not okay. <laughs> um, but Dylan Moses, that's one of my that's one of my guys that I would definitely take if he's available. Um, maybe third round. I would definitely take Dylan Moses. Okay. Who else you got on your list of maybe sleepers or, or guys you like in, in rounds two through seven? Uh, so I would go – so if, he, if he's available to um, Asante Samuel Jr. Oh, that uh, might not – he hits. might not make it that far, though. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah. Yeah. That guy, he's probably one of my favorite corners in the draft. Uh, he's up there for with certain yeah. for me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love to have him in our slot. I definitely like him. Man, if, if he's available early, too, I mean – Obviously, the CMs are crazy, but um, definitely if he's available, I would definitely like for Detroit to get him. Also, shout out to um, his dad. His, Dylan dad Moses. His, his dad was a dog. So, uh, shout yeah, out to one of the best corners yeah. of all time. Sante Samuel. Yeah. Uh, top five. Top five. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. yeah. Yep. Definitely a beast. Um, yep. I won't, I won't mention Dylan Moses. We mentioned him already. Um, I have a guy, uh, a guard um, for the O-line, actually. If we could get him maybe Let me hear round it. three, four, um, Aaron Banks out of Notre Dame. Okay. I like this that. guy. This guy was very versatile. Um, he had some, he had some solid games, um, early on. Uh, I, I think we should definitely look into him if we, obviously if we don't pick, uh, possibly Sewell at, uh, seven, if he's, if he's not available, but, um, I definitely like Aaron Banks. Uh, let me see here. And I also have one of my favorites, <laughs> Speedster, Playmaker. Detroit needs him. Uh, Amari Rogers out of Clemson. Oh, man. That's my baby. I love that guy. <laughs> yeah, Amari, Amari Rogers, this, he's different. He's he, Speedster for sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. Really. He's got um, that speed. Can open the defense up. Yep, definitely. Yeah. He can, he's got that strength, too. He can jam at the line of scrimmage and, yep. and stop that DB yep. right there. So. <laughs> All right, all right. I don't want to yeah, get off topic. I want to, I want to ask you all one question real quick, just real quick. If Kadir's Tony or Rondell Moore were to make it to our second pick, uh, our, our first pick in the second round, which is I think ninth, ninth overall. Rondell Moore, Rondell Moore for me. Yeah, he's on my yeah. list actually. Uh, I would say I would Tony. say Rondell Moore. Man. I'm I'm leaning Rondell Moore too. Just uh, like he he had an insane combine too. Well, I shouldn't say combine pro day. Yeah. They did it this year, but whatever. Yeah, like that's what I'm saying. Like I don't know the receiver position just so loaded in this draft. It's 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 crazy. That's what I'm saying. You can sit back, too. Horrible. <laughs> yep. I'm giving so, Paranoid a chance, I don't know about the other guys. Go for it. Yeah, yeah. I have another receiver <laughs> out of Michigan. Go Blue. Nico Ooh. Collins. Yes. I didn't Go, name him on Nico purpose. Collins. I knew one of you two were going to. Big guy. Big guy. Speedster. He, he has speed. And he's definitely no, no slouch. He can, he can get off any press. So if we can get Nico Collins size, yeah. in Detroit, oh my goodness! Okay, so, so Nico Collins, and he's been doing nothing but preparing Chase. for the draft. Yep, that's all he's been doing. Yep. Okay, so I'm I'm not a yep. Michigan guy, so you guys are gonna help me out here. Um, how like is he? How close is he to like DPJ? You know, so Donovan People Jones came in highly recruited five star player, kind of didn't live up to it, right? Uh, Nico Collins, kind of similar thing. I think he sat out last year, right? Um, how does yep. it compare to, yeah, he up to call, how does he compare to you know DPJ? Is it a similar thing where it just didn't pan out in college or um I kinda wanna yeah, hear your he, guys' he thoughts on this? Oh ah, yeah, he had a good junior year though. 
He had a great junior year. Yeah, he was, he was definitely – he was off the charts. Yeah, um, he would have helped yeah. us tremendously like this year, too. Than, he would have yeah. been an absolute difference yeah, maker like this year. Yeah, I he was better than DPJ for sure. And, and the yeah. same um, thing I say about DPJ all – solid, though. And the same thing I say about all Michigan receivers, man, it's Jim Harbaugh's fault. They're not showing out the way they should be. It's not yeah, these guys' it. fault. They're getting yeah. – no. That's exactly why I asked this question, bro. I wanted, the, the, you, to, I wanted yeah. you to rip Jim Harbaugh. So, you asshole. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, no, it's Jim Harbaugh's fault, man. We don't have a quarterback that can get him the ball. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then look at DPJ, how he, how, he, how he played for Cleveland last season when OBJ went out. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, DPJ is great. And, and honestly, I respect him for that. Uh, and that's kind of why I asked. Making Mayfield got him the ball. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. But, yeah, definitely Nico Collins was – I feel like he was the best receiver um, possibly all of the years he was at Michigan. He was all the right. best receiver. All right. Matt, Matt, Matt and Rio, what do you guys think about Nick Eubanks if we get him in, like, the fifth or sixth? Nah. Possibly, no. He, uh... Possibly sixth or seventh. I never really liked Nick Eubanks. Uh, I never thought no, he flourished he either. Really he didn't pan out to how he was supposed to be. He more so started yeah. blocking a lot more towards the end, and it just didn't yeah. work out well for him. Yeah. I feel like if you're an offensive skill – like if you're at a skill position on offense, uh, he's a Florida boy too. Say, don't go to Michigan right now. <laughs> like right now is not the time to go to Michigan. <laughs> I don't know. We got J.J. McCarthy coming in. Hopefully, hopefully he can do good. <laughs> Why Xavier Worthy left? I don't even think he'd be the starter. That's the crazy part. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, just Michigan just they state they stated we were going to get guys that you know could play in play in space, and they were running seven yard routes. Like, yeah. that's <laughs> another talk, another day, man. That's that's yeah. another conversation. Yeah. Hey, hey so, uh, sleeper picks. I wanted the mid rounds. Um, I'm a list. Three guys here. Uh, I'm going I'm to bunch them up together. They're all receivers. First is Rashad Bateman. If he's there in the second round, I will cry mm. tears of joy. He should have been a first-round mm, pick. He should have been yeah. one of the top three receivers in the draft. You know, he sat out last year. Great combo of size and speed, and he's just a dog. He, he can high point that ball. He's kind of like a Kenny Galladay with speed. Mm-hmm. So yep. uh, that's, that's my guy. Uh, you know, I always love Big Ten guys too. So Rashad Bateman's my, my one guy. And I'm going to lump these two other guys together. Elijah Moore out of Ole Miss. Uh, so Ole Miss is my, mm-hmm. my second team. That's my SEC team. So hotty toddy. I love that guy, man. Um, and then obviously Rondell Moore, second round pick. Both guys are, you know, quick twitch slot type of receivers. Kind of remind me of Golden Tate, yak guys. Um, but they're not just slot receivers. You know, they can, they can make plays for sure. And, and both are speedsters. So I love both those guys. Um, fence, uh, money. Someone may have already mentioned. I think it was money. Baron Browning, uh, Ohio State. Size mm-hmm. has a size of athleticism to to rush the passer, but also length and speed. So his arms are really really long. I think he's like six four. Uh, to, he can he has the length and speed to drop it to coverage. So that's exactly what we need. We need an outside linebacker who can go side to side. He can rush the ball. He can rush the run, stop the run. But also, you know, if you need him to step up in the pass game, he can step up in the pass game. So. Um, that's how I ran with Baron Browning. Also, you know, Ohio State. You no, know, I, I love big program players. If, if there's a player from Alabama, if there's a player from Clemson, if there's a player from Auburn or, or OSU, I'll take them. I know they've been coached good. You know, I know they're highly recruited, recruited coming in, right? So mm-hmm. uh, I'll always do that. Um, and then my last guy, I think this guy's kind of rising up boards. Uh, but this guy goes into that, you know, uh, three-tech, five-tech, D-tackle kind of guy. Uh, Milton Williams out of uh, LA Tech. 
you know, like the type of player I'm looking for. Can play three what five position? Uh, he's defensive tackle. Okay. Uh, so he has both the strength to get through, you know, blockers and fill gaps, but he also has the explosiveness, explosiveness to, to rest the passers. So uh, reminds me of kind of a, what Deshaun Hand could have been or, you know, uh, you know, elite version of Deshaun Hand's rookie year. So um, done with that, I'm going to just name a couple late round guys. Um, another guy out of Ohio State, mm-hmm. uh, cornerback. Uh, so last year, a lot of people were saying that he was the best cornerback on Ohio State's team over Akuda but he just wasn't eligible to be eligible to be drafted. Uh, right. He had kind of a rough year this year, you know, injuries, COVID, yada, yada, yada. But, you know, I'll take that hype and that production from a couple of years ago. He was a five-star recruit out of college, out of high school. You know, I'll take that, you know, especially in the fourth, fifth round, you know, I'll definitely take a, a you know, mm-hmm. a fire on that. Um, so that's kind of my Absolutely. late round guy is, is Sean Wade. So to Matt from here, you know, I, I know you probably have some overlaps as well. I, I think we've had overlaps all night. Oh yeah, no, yeah. So uh, absolutely have some overlaps. Yeah. Um, one of my first ones, though, real quick, is uh, Landon Dickerson out of Alabama. Um, I know he was one of the guys like that, that were last year. I, I know like he played corner, but he can also slide over and play guard too. So that's yeah. my so, question. Um, well, what's his what's his position? I know he's 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 kind of a tweener, right? Um, yeah, he played he played center, but he's six six three twenty five. He's got he's he's got great size and talent. He can he can slide over and play guard no problem. Yeah, they're Frank saying they're saying stays at the center position. Yep, they're saying Go guard ahead. for the NFL. Yeah, yep. Um, my next guy, uh, you just said him actually, Sean Wade. Uh, I think I, I'm actually surprised how low he is. I'm, I mean, he's not that low, but he's lower than I believe he should be as a corner. Uh, I think Sean Wade. It was a great corner at Ohio State. Obviously, I, I got to see him a lot during the year, being just a Big Ten fan. Um, another guy, uh, I have late, this is another injury guy. Um, we talked about one earlier. You guys might not have heard of him. Andre Cisco out of Syracuse. Oh, yes. If you ever watch his film, um, this guy's all over the field. He's a ball hawk, but then he tore his ACL last year. So he, he sat out the year. Um, another injured guy, but he can still be a playmaker. He's a yeah, ball they, hawk. They said if it wasn't for that ACL injury, he would have been a top 20 pick. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, and then my last one, uh, German, you're a Michigan State guy. Was that right? That's what they said? Yeah, Shakur Brown? Hey. Tell me about it. No, not mm. Shakur Brown. Well, no. that, that would be a good pick, too. Uh, <laughs> Antoine Simmons, like later yeah. in the draft. Yeah. Dude, tell me you, linebacker. you tell me remember that play in the Michigan game where he batted it down in the goal. I remember the multiple zone? games in the Michigan game where this guy was all over the field. Yeah, he went to Pioneer, I think. Us. Yeah. Yeah. He he's did, from Ann Arbor. Yeah. yeah. Uh, very good linebacker. And I think he's lower than he should be as well, but he, he can be a guy you can grab later in the draft. Yeah, yeah. But, I, but, I love but him too. But he's a bit undersized. He has the IQ he and whatnot. Undersized. But, uh, yeah, that's that's you know. Yeah. But I'll always take those Spartans, man. Those guys got, always got a chip on their shoulder. But, too. I, but, German, you mentioned him. I, I would not mind Shakur Brown if we grabbed him in the fourth or fifth. Uh, I like his size and potential, too. Yeah, he's thing is with him, man, he's he's only a ball hawk, right? He'll get easily burned. <laughs> uh, you know, he'll go for the ball and he'll get burned. But, um, yeah, hey, if you can get those, have that you know, those, those picks. Exactly. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yep. That about that about ends, you know, uh, our list of, of of prospects. I know money. You wanted a kind of a, an open roundtable here to discuss. You know, anybody yeah. that hasn't been discussed. So uh, I'll let you leave that off. And uh, uh, you know, uh, Mario and uh, Matt, feel free to jump in and just rapid fire of, of names you like and why you like them and and where you'd want to take them. All right, one sleeper I got that can play guard or offensive tackle 
he had a phenomenal senior bowl. And, and, and he's like, what a, I love underdogs. I love people that come from small schools. This guy, Quinn Mirnez, he comes from Wisconsin Whitewater. He's uh, 6'4", about 320. Dominated all year at his school every year. Came to the senior bowl, dominated there. And th that's what excites me about him. The only reason he's going low is just because he's from a small school. And that doesn't phase me one bit. If he if he came to the senior bowl and dominated these defensive tackles that are coming out in this draft and people that were all playing in all these other different uh, leagues, this guy was literally pancaking, pancaking people at the uh, senior bowl. And he he's the type of guy that they're saying could be possibly available there at the third and fourth. If we can get him there, I would not mind that at all. Hear me out, guys. I got one, but hear me out. It'd have to be either a sixth or seventh round pick for sure. But Kellen Mond out of Texas A&M. Yep. yep. He's not going to make it that far. I I like that pick a lot. I love yeah, that I pick. Think he, you don't think he'll drop that late? Third no, they're, they're saying, they're saying that he might. That's the only time I would grab him if he dropped that late. It might right. be second as, right now. As, as I don't even know. Yeah, yeah. They're saying they're saying that teams are high on him now and that he might go in the second, second to third. They're Isn't that crazy? Now. Isn't that right. crazy? Yeah, uh, guy that I really really like, and I I think he'll really really fit what exactly what we're trying to do. Hmm. Uh, in the off season, we all wanted this safety who went to the Browns, uh, from the Rams. Um, Brent Delpit. Oh, from the Rams. Okay. Yeah, from the Rams. His name was John Johnson. Mm -hmm. Similar Ooh. guy out of Indiana named Jamar Johnson. No relation. Uh, you know, I think he's third or fourth round guy. Uh, almost identical numbers, almost identical style of play, and almost identical, you know, uh, you know, ability to read the field. He's more mm. of a center fielder, so I think he'd kind of pair very well with with Tracy Walker. So he's out of Indiana. I really like this guy, John Johnson. Um, and if we're talking safety, there's also another guy, Divine Diablo from Virginia Tech. He's also a, a fourth round guy, another center fielder, kind of kind of uh, safety. Safety, yeah. So. I'll Surprised nobody guys. mentioned uh, Jacoby Stevens out of LSU, six two two twenty. Um, he Jacoby he just ran a four. Stevens, what what position? Strong safety. Oh, okay. Yeah, six two two twenty. Uh, he's from LSU. Ooh. He ran a four four forty. Um, the only thing with him is he hasn't had that experience. I think last year was like his only year, and I believe he has difficulties in pass coverage so that that's the only reason i wouldn't take him is just because we need pass coverage but that size and potential they they kind of they kind of have compared him to uh uh what was that safety from the seahawks i can't think of his name right now cam chancellor yeah cam chancellor that's who they were comparing him to like he'd be that type of hard-hitting safety another name i'm surprised nobody yeah another name i'm surprised nobody mentioned is uh jamin davis out of kentucky Inside linebacker. Uh, yeah. His name's too familiar yeah. with Jared Davis, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> no the, the, I'm playing. He's really good. He's probably what, what number two or three linebacker. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and they're saying that he might fall yeah. to that second round. So I'm just saying, if in the first round we don't grab that linebacker, this guy's there in the second. I mean, he's six three three uh, two thirty. I, I would take him in the second. The guy I got is uh, James Hudson. Used to play at Michigan actually, but then went transferred to Cincinnati. Probably was one of their best offensive tackles this past year. You saw the little yeah. run they went on. So, uh, just just talking about if you want to build that offensive line later in the draft, rather early in the draft, a guy that you can plug in and get some reps out of, and you know, just just build that size up. Right, kind of shorter, but he's he's a big boy. Yeah, another offensive tackle that that may be there in the fourth fifth round is uh, 
Spencer Brown, yep, offensive tackle. Yep. Yeah, six eight. He has a he has a size and the potential for that position too. Yeah, I, I would love if we could get him down there. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. You just mentioned it. Yeah, right there. He's six eight, dude. He's got a a thirty five uh, arm length, a thirty five inch arm length. I think. Oh, so yeah. It's. Uh, I think he's from a smaller school, right? So he doesn't have enough competition, you know, on tape, but. Uh, mm-hmm. I definitely like him better than, uh, you know, I know you mentioned Rad Duns and, uh, you know, I think um, Jalen Mayfield. Yeah, Mayfield. And I know uh, Matt had mentioned James Hudson. I like Spencer Brown over all those guys, to be honest. So yeah. um, I think it's the, the small school thing kind of just scare me. So, you know, third and fourth round. But um, yeah, yeah, I'm right there with you on him. Um, Jalen Mayfield, the first rounder. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. If Jalen Mayfield slips into the second round, I would take him. Um, we, I mean, Matt, me and you know that he can play, but I, I, I like the fact that he's just a natural right tackle, and that's that's what we need him for. <clears throat> another guy, another guy that could possibly be there in the third, fourth round is Jamie Newman. Oh, did he sit out last year? Yeah. Yep. He he transferred to Georgia, but then ended up sitting out and. Yeah. Every everyone loves his potential, but that that's the thing. I, all I keep hearing on him is that he's very raw. He's a two year, three year starter at Wake Forest, maybe yep. three years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, he's good. And he has, uh, I believe, he has speed, right? I believe he's a he's a fast guy too. Uh, so he, he has he definitely like tucks in, but he's got a big body though. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's, he's huge. Yeah. He's, he has, yeah, he's, he's a big dude, but yeah, he's he's a decision maker for sure. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, but yeah, that that's somebody that I wouldn't mind letting sit behind golf a couple of years. It reminds me of a slower Cam, like just yeah. slightly slower Cam. Yeah, he's, oh, like, okay. he's, got, Four, he's, he's got a big like body though, like big chest. Yeah, he's he's a bigger dude. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I cannot pronounce this name at all, but this corner grew on me a lot. It's the cornerback out of Syracuse. He's six three. I think his last name is pronounced Melifafan Fu Fan Yu. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Mel- Melifanwu. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. If he if I, he's there in this, yeah, if he's there in the second, this guy can cover. He can move, and he's six three. So, yeah. so he had a brother that came out a couple of years ago, Obi Melifanu. He went to uh, the Raiders, uh, and both these guys are straight athletes. Yeah, Obi is yeah, Obi is six four. Yeah, yeah. damn, this is crazy. Obi is six four. He's like six three. Yeah, the thing with yeah. Obi's brother was uh, he was only an athlete. I think he was a safety. Uh, he, he never really, you know, uh, you know, panned out. Uh, you never really able to translate the athleticism to the field. But I, I do like his brother, uh, and I think he's a cornerback, right? Um, and yeah, yeah. yeah. Much corner, better, yeah. cornerback. Much better, yeah, much better suited for that position. So, uh, I like that you brought that up for sure. Another tight end that I know you guys have been saying you guys want a tight end earlier, but another guy that might be there in the like fifth, sixth round that actually played pretty good at at his school, and he he's fast too. Um, is Kenny Yeba off out of Mississippi? He's yeah, six four, two fifty. Um. He can he can run routes. He can catch the ball. I guess, I guess his I guess his uh, main weaknesses were that he's not a good blocker. But I guess we already have Hawk for that. And when you have your second tight end, uh, I guess that that won't really matter that much if as long as he's out there running routes and getting open. But he has potential too. He's a he's a route runner. He's not a blocker. Six four, and they're saying that he'll be there in the fifth six rounds. Our running running back room's pretty solidified right now. 
I do. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, I'd be, I'd be yeah, fairly man. upset. Kind of loaded. <laughs> I'd be fairly upset if they took. I was upset last year. They took um, that running back in the fifth Maryland. and then released him from Maryland. Right? Yeah. Uh, no, the Maryland was the year before. Uh, yeah. I don't know uh, exactly. You guys know it's been two straight years, and we yeah. got running back for no goddamn reason. So right. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I feel like yeah. in this draft, if if they're gonna if they're gonna draft any uh, position, it, it should be at least in the late rounds. They should grab a couple linebackers for sure. Yeah. yeah. We, we need we need that exactly. We yeah. need depth at that position. Yeah. We need people to develop. <clears throat> I I really yeah. do think it's gonna be a whole different mindset this year. It, it really will be. Changing things I think up. so too. I think we draft. Yeah, I think we draft totally different. Yeah. So, yeah. would you guys? I guess, ah, dude, this is gonna be a. <laughs> I, was about Grimm, to ask and I know. I know you said we're about to start from from round Just zero. Asking, the, that, that's what I'm trying to say. We're, we're starting from round. But I think zero, we're right? still gonna win a couple games next year. Yeah. 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 I, I think, I I think this is kind of like the start of the rebuild. So I guess that's my question is uh, because this is year zero, do you go into this draft, you know, trying to play it safer, right? Normally you try to hit home runs when you have an existing, um, you know, foundation and you can afford to miss on something. Um, Would you guys be trying to get the safest possible picks in this year's draft? No. And here, let me tell you why. Um, This was just year one. Dan Campbell just signed a long ass contract six years, right? Yeah. Yeah, six yeah, years. Six years. You, you don't you don't play safe in year one. You play safe when you're on the hot seat, just like uh, Bob Quinn and them did. Uh, when you're in year one, you, you you go for your home runs. You try to you try to put your name on yeah. that team. It, it's year one. Well, you're you're starting exactly. This is this is your team now. You you go out there and you draft mm-hmm. who you want on this team, who you think is going to make an impact right away. That's going to be a star studded player. You can start playing it safe yeah. two three years from now. You, you're you're on a six year deal. They're not getting rid of you for at least four years anyway. So. These first two years, go go make your go make your name on this team. Grab whoever the hell you want at whatever position you want, and put your name on this team. Yep, that concept sounds like Trey Lance. Trey Lance, yeah, yeah, yeah. Lance. <laughs> right. All right, but I guess we win. I guess play. I feel doubles. like when you say you take a chance like that, you go. You just go quarterback. You go. You you take that risk. And that's why in my head, no, I don't think this year you go hard like that. I think you just – you go with that that guy that's going to be there, that that Jamar Chase that's going to be there, that P. N. I. Sewell that's going to be there, that guy that's just going to uh, still be a difference maker. But, you know, you're not really taking a home run. You're just taking that next guy that's, that's probably the best guy right but, there. But if you think about it, those guys are home runs. Like, Jamar Chase is considered the best receiver to – come out in the last two years and these well, last two years have been though. loaded we don't, we, we don't know that though we look back at it right. in two years and jamar chase could be a uh a calvin white or or you know one of those uh you know, bust receivers um so that i guess that's the thing right that i mean hindsight's so always twenty twenty. yeah yeah and, and and like don't get me wrong i'm not saying like <laughs> go go make reaches i'm not saying be a bob quinn and get grab a guy in the second that should be there in the fifth or undrafted i'm not saying that i'm saying like if you're if you're deciding between Pitts and Jamar Chase and Sewell. I, let me just like like let me put it this way: if th- those three there are there at seven. You can't go wrong with either three, but grab the guy that y- you want to impact the team that you have like a vision for. Like grab that guy. Like just just don't play it safe and be like, okay, I'm gonna grab this guy because that's like a position of need right now. You've got so many more draft picks to fill the position of needs in the next two years. 
this is the rebuild, like you guys said, ground zero. This is like when you first just start taking those type of players that are going to impact your team. Yeah. yeah, like the Browns, the Browns could have took the, the Browns could have took anyone. They took Miles Garrett first overall as a D end, and that was for a reason. They wanted the guy no, there for yeah. They wanted the guy there first. Right. That that's going to make the impact on their team well, over the, a quarterback. Yep. And the thing is about him getting a six year, like you were saying, um, it gives you a chance to take those home run shots two years in a row. Really, right? You, you can take that same yep. chance next year. You know, depending Absolutely. on how this year goes and where you're where you land in the draft next year. Absolutely, yeah. agree. Yeah. So it's it's, it's kind of like what uh it's kind of like what Dan Gilbert did, um just in a little analogy, what Dan Gilbert did with the the Cavaliers. Remember, he took Anthony Bennett. Um, and that definitely didn't work out, but um, yeah, just no. putting all your chips in the, in the middle of the table, you right? Know, just putting everything in the middle of the table. You still ended up with a championship, so that was that's okay. So, right. so <laughs> real, I'm gonna yeah. I'm I'm take that and, and build on that, and we'll kind of wrap this up. But I think my my my, my thing is, you know, uh, if you're building a, a team from the ground up, this is like I said, year zero, and you your your foundation is is not steady, right? You you have a bunch, you know, you you whiff on your first round pick because uh, you took a risk. You whiff on your third round pick because you took a risk. You're, if your foundation is crumbling in year one or year zero, then there's no way then, then that your foundation is going to, you know, your team is going to be set, um, you know, years along the line. So I guess that's where I am with, with, with taking risks in year zero and even kind of tying this into taking injury-prone players in year zero. Um, you know, for me, I, I kind of want to play it safer just to have a solid foundation to build upon uh, because as we all know, the, the team itself right now is, is not a team, you know, there's, there's, <laughs> there's no player. Right, yeah, yeah. But if you think about it though, the, the Legion of boom was ta- uh, made off of taking risk. Yeah. Cam yeah, chancellor, right. Cam yeah. chancellor, nobody wanted, like they, they took the risk on him. Sherman was the same thing. Drop in, took a risk. Yep. Uh, Sherman was a receiver. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. Was Doug he a receiver Bal- coming Doug, out of college? Wow. Doug Baldwin. Doug Baldwin was like just a. Uh, uh, he was a receiver that nobody wanted, and they took the risk on like that. Yep. That, that that whole Seahawks team was just built on taking risk. So I like I said, it works only, or it doesn't only, work. There's only one Legion of Boom though in history of NFL. So. <laughs> right. I, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying we're building Legion of Boom, but I'm saying like you can, if you have the right mindset, the right coaching. Uh, you can you can build a team up, and that that's the main thing. It sounds like Dan Campbell's gonna do is build his team up. So at this point, with like I said in the first round, you can't go wrong with any of those guys. So even if you do choose out of Pitts, Jamar Chase, or Suwell, it's like where do you go wrong? So yeah. that's not really. I don't even consider that taking a risk. Like if you take Pitts over Jamar Chase and Suwell, I don't even believe that as in taking a risk. Because what what's the risk there? You're yeah, taking you the, a good pick, right. Yeah, right. You you just you just took what everyone's saying is the best player in the draft. So. That that's not a risk yep. to me, right? Okay, uh, I understand. Um, all right, I'm gonna kind of wrap it up here. Um, what we'll do is uh, we're about 48 hours away. In 48 hours, uh, we'll know where the lines are. Uh, so I want you guys to kind of look into the future. I'll, I'll take the Rio. Rio, come Thursday at uh, 9:50 p.m. Uh, what's it gonna take for you to be happy? What's an A plus night for you for the Lions come Thursday night? Um, as long as we can get uh, one of the one of the three guys, the uh, Sewell, Pitts, or uh, I'm sorry, not Sewell, Parsons, Michael Parsons, Pitts, or um, Jamar Chase. As long as we can get one of those three, 
I'm, I'm fine with however the rest of the night go. They can go team needs the rest of the night. As long as we get one of those three, I'm fine. Yeah, I'm kind of there with you. I'd be happy with any three of those players. Uh, but on, uh, over all of those, honestly, I'd prefer a trade down. Uh, we only have, what, five or six picks this year? Maybe even five. Five. Um, yeah, so, you know, as, as many assets as we can get. No, uh, sorry, six because we gained that third rounder. I forgot about that. Yeah, whatever. I mean, we, we barely have any assets, you know. And, and for a team that's in year zero that needs as many, uh, you know, shots at hitting a home run as possible, then, uh, you know, I just think we need as many, you know, second, third, fourth round picks as possible. I, I really don't care about fifth, sixth, seventh hey, round picks. Hey, Gurman, Ger- not to cut you off, can I, can I present, since you just talked about trade back, can I present a possible trade back scenario that I talked to Matt about today that, like, no one's thinking about? Yeah, go for it. That's my point. Uh, my point's wrapped up, so it's all you. Uh, actually, I'll just throw it to you. Tell me what your A plus is, and uh, tell me about this trade scenario you got going on. Oh, A plus would be like 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 you guys said. I, I can't, how can you be mad at if you end up with either Chase, Sewell, or Pitts? Like you, you really can't be mad. Or Parsons actually. At the end of the day, I hope he's a trade back option. But you really can't be mad at what the, what's there, um, unless they go for a crazy reach. That's the only rate I, way I'd have a bad night. Um, but my crazy trade scenario is. So Philly, we all know, just got a new coach, Nick Sirianni. They're not sold on Justin Hurts. They just traded out of the top 10 to go to 12, and now they have future assets too. And they, they keep saying that it's an open uh, quarterback competition with uh, out in Philly. I really think there's a chance that if one of those really good quarterbacks falls to seven by any means, uh, whatever way, I really think Philly's also a team that people aren't talking about that could possibly trade up to get their guy. So, hey, if they offer it, I'll take it. But I, I don't understand why they're not sold on Hurts. This guy's pretty good, man. He, he, yeah. he, won, he won my fantasy league, so I may be biased, but, I mean, <laughs> uh, he's, uh, he's making plays and, and, you know, he can he's dual threat. He can he can read the coverages. He can read the 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 you know the run defenses. And you know I'm, I'm you know I like the guy. But if they offer, right, a trade, they're not set on him. Then I'll take it. You know whatever. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's what I'm saying. I like I like Hurts too. I just I just don't that Nick Sirianni guy though. Every time he talks, he just sounds like he's not sold on Hurts and he's not sure of him. And they they I think he could be blowing smoke as well. Right, yeah, that could be tabloids. Right, they could yeah. be, but. <clears throat> But I'm just saying, if there's a potential of us trading back with Philly, I would not mind moving back to 12 or 15. Those are great spots to move back from and to probably still have some top 10 talent on the board available. Um, If we go down to 12, 13, 14, 15, you know, there's a chance that, you know, Waddle or or Devontae Smith or – Devontae Smith could still drop, yeah. Yeah, or even Micah Parsons, you know, that's kind of his his go-to range. If we can trade back and Micah Parsons and pick up an extra second or third – I, and grab, I, grab receivers there, yeah. Yeah, I'll be so happy. Yeah. No, I agree. Definitely Ooh. agree. So, Matt, I think uh, you're the last one. I'm going to throw it over to you. Uh, what's your A-plus looking like? Uh, my A-plus is just you stay at seven. Uh, you grab one of these guys. Hope I, I do hope it is Jamar Chase. I hope they do give him a chance, his, his footwork, just his ability to run routes and get open and catch the ball. Um, Jared Goff's going to need that this year, and he's the type of guy that I feel like you can step in right away, and he's, he can be a difference maker. So I feel like um, you just get that that pick that you need to get at number seven, 
And then, uh, like Rio said, the rest of the draft, you just you just plug in the spots that need to be filled. Um, anything they do this year, they're not going to judge too harshly. You got to give them a chance to get their guys in there. That's what they're doing. Yeah, no, that's true. And then, Gerben, to your to your trade back point, one thing about Holmes is uh, he's really big on his. We've all talked about in our podcast before. He's he's really big on his mid round pick, so he might just stay put at seven and then trade back in somewhere like the second or the third to get more mid round picks because. He he loves selecting these little sleepers that he gets. Yeah, he's big on these. Uh, you know, he's he's big on actually. I don't know if we want to get into this, but he's <laughs> Brad Holmes is is big on play speed and not forty speed, right? So uh, they they pretty much overlook the forty speed, and they they have their own metric for calculating in game speed. So that's how he got players like Cooper Cup, John Johnson, and, and players like that, right? Uh, which, which which don't really test crazy. well, <laughs> exactly. Which is crazy to me. You know, I'm uh, I'm an analytical guy. You know, I'm all numbers. So if I if I see someone that's that's it's not performing from a numerical standpoint on on a you know say a forty yard dash, then for me that's that's representative of everything. So that's obviously that's that's wrong. You know, the, the Rams have gotten players that, that that make plays that are slow, but um, you know, it's just a personal thing. Right. And like, yeah, that's why I was saying, like, we might not see a trade back until like round three or maybe round two. And he just picks up an extra third or fourth round or something like that, or maybe extra fourth or fifth rounder. And that's like what his niche is to draft in those rounds. Yeah, agree. Yeah, yep. yeah for sure. All right, gents, uh, unless anyone has anything else, uh, this is probably going to be our longest podcast. So we'll probably wrap it up. I want yeah, to give a special a thanks. One. Yeah, I want to give a special thanks to our guests Matt and Mario. Uh, this is probably one of our best, uh, you know, episodes as far as you know uh, discussion and 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 back and forth. So appreciate you guys. So I'll give you guys the floor to to, to wrap it up and and give any last last points. I just appreciate you you guys having us. Always love talking lions. Um, and. OTA is going to be coming up pretty soon. It's going to be all virtual, I believe, to start. Is that is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, yeah but either way, um, football season is approaching slowly, but it's coming. So I'm excited for this weekend as well. Yeah, likewise. Same uh, here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For me, you know, uh, I know for money as well, uh, draft, the draft itself is probably a bigger event than – any individual game. So, um, you know, this is my time to shine. And, and uh, I just love both NFL and NBA draft. Um, you know, that's where you know, nerds like us can, can dig deep into metrics <laughs> and players and, and valuations and, and kind of make up our own thoughts and kind of portray them and, uh, you know, be surprised or shocked what happens on draft night. So I'm excited. This is one of my favorite days of the year, one of my favorite times of the year. So, yeah, for sure. Um, toss the money. Yeah, no, this episode has been great. It's been one of my favorites. Um, I, I love draft season. That's like, that's like our, we always say it as a joke. That's our, it's the line Super Bowl is draft season. So this is what we have forward to look, uh, look forward to all season long. And come Thursday night, I guess we'll see how excited we are now. Rio, we want to thank you for coming on. Uh, you know, I think you had some great points. And, uh, you know, you brought some great insights. So I appreciate you coming on and uh, toss it to you. Absolutely, man. Thank you for having me. Uh, This was definitely fun. I was pretty excited when um, Money actually actually asked me to do this. I was 
it's very excited. Um, but this is this is definitely fun. Um, and it's dope. And hopefully, I can come on a few more times. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, not a oh, problem. Absolutely. And with that, we'll wrap up episode five uh, for the NFL draft. Uh, this is Say by the Ball. My name is German. For money, Mario and Matt, we're signing off. Take care, guys. <laughs>